0: morning, everyone. i um, going to take a wee break from the commandments uh, that we've been looking at over the last few weeks. And we're just going to look um, at a part of the resurrection story uh, this morning through the eyes uh, of Thomas. Um, you'll find that uh, in your Bible in uh, John chapter 20, uh, 24 uh, to 31. So it's John chapter 20, 24 uh, to 31. On the evening of that first day of the week, I've started at the wrong place completely, sorry. Um, Verse 24 of chapter 20. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my fingers where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs that are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in his name. The story goes like this. Um, I was probably six or seven when I first heard it, and my dad told me the story. There was a man, so the story goes, on the shore road, and he had a pet lion. Already, I was beginning not to believe him. He kept a lion in his backyard on the shore road in Belfast. The story gets better because the lion had no teeth, and he brought the lion for a walk on a lead you maybe know his name you've maybe heard the story i think his name probably the best bit his name was buck alec and i'm thinking the first time i heard it yeah right that happened let's get this straight a man called buck alec walks a toothless lion on a lead around belfast up the york road past york road station through grove park In my mind, it was just one of those stupid stories that old people tell. So I put it to the back of my mind, right? In the place where the tooth fairy lives. (laughs) You see, seeing is believing. I didn't see it, so I didn't believe it. I needed the evidence. I needed to see it. I needed to see something that would tell me that this story was true. I forgot about it. But many years later, 1995 to be precise. I was sitting watching the news after work one night. And what was the headline? Buck Alec had died. I went, what? I was shocked. It wasn't made up. They told the whole story. They interviewed his daughter, who still lives on the shore road. They showed the pictures. <clears throat> See, seeing is believing. And it took me to see before I would believe. And I moved that day from disbelief to belief. When we hear something that's out of the ordinary, that's what we do. We don't believe it. We don't believe it until we see some evidence with our own eyes. Thomas had heard something out of the ordinary. He had heard that his friend, his best friend, Jesus, who was dead, who he knew to be dead, was alive. Thomas, he had heard it, but he didn't believe it. He wouldn't believe it unless he could see the evidence. And we see it here, unless I see the nail prints in his hands, then I won't believe. Thomas understood. He understood the facts. Jesus had been crucified by the Romans. He understood no one survived crucifixion. The Romans were experts at it. Crucifixion was an awful death. It was a mixture of um, punishment, execution, and torture all in in one place. A lingering, a slow, and humiliating certain death. The Romans uh, were good at it. And the fact was, the fact was Jesus had died on the Friday His body was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Thomas knew the facts and Thomas understood what he could see. And it's Sunday now. And what are the others telling Thomas? That Jesus is alive. Thomas didn't believe it. Jesus is alive just as he told us he would rise again. He had died and rose again, but Thomas could not, would not believe it. I want to ask you a question today. Do you believe that Jesus is alive today? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? And if you do believe that, do you allow that fact to change every aspect of your life? The fact was, Jesus was alive. He had risen. And whether Thomas believed it or not, it was true. And whether we believe it or not, it is true. Jesus is alive today. So this morning, Easter Sunday 2019, I want to look at that fact and I want to talk about belief today. I want to talk about believing today and look at it through the eyes of Thomas. So what do we know about Thomas so far? We know that he was a disciple. We know that he was a twin. Thomas called Didymus. So that means Thomas the twin. Thomas liked to work things out for himself. We know that because if you were to look it up and you don't need to. John 14 verse 4. There was a discussion between Jesus and Thomas. And Jesus said this. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Thomas liked to work these things out in his head. (coughs) We know that history has named him Doubting Thomas. Whether that's fair or not, that's the label that has stuck. We know this as well, that Thomas went from belief to unbelief because of the circumstances, because of the external circumstances That he could see. So, the first thing I want to look at this morning is found in verses 24 and 25. Because we see no belief and we see a missed blessing. Jesus had been crucified on the Friday. He lay dead in the tomb on Saturday, and on Sunday morning he rose again. On Monday evening he appeared to his disciples. As they hid they hid from the Jewish leaders and they hid from the Romans but where was Thomas Thomas isn't there if you were looked back you didn't read it but if you look back to verse twenty it tells us the disciples were overjoyed they were overjoyed when they see Jesus again. can you imagine what that must have been like to see that person that you saw die be alive and with you again. On Friday their world caved in, but today they are overjoyed. But Thomas wasn't there. Thomas missed the blessing. (coughs) Why was Thomas not there? Thomas, who just a few days before, (coughs) would have died for and would have died with the Lord. Why was he not there on that Monday evening with the other disciples? See, Thomas had allowed the external stuff, what he could see on the outside. The things that he could see, the things that he could feel, and the things that he could touch, take away his faith. For Thomas seeing was believing. Jesus, and Thomas's mind, was gone. He couldn't see him. How does Thomas react when things in his mind were going the wrong way? When he couldn't physically see Jesus anymore? What Thomas does is he removes himself from the presence of his brothers and sisters, from the other disciples, and then when Jesus visits, Thomas misses out. He misses the blessing. Could it be that you're struggling? To see Jesus today. So much has happened in your life and you're asking the question Where are you, Jesus? I can't see you, I can't feel your presence near me today. I mean, like Thomas, you're looking at the facts, the things that are black and white in front of you. You see the illness, you feel the bereavement, you feel the loneliness, you feel the betrayal. And this morning you're looking at as what is real to you, but you cannot see Jesus. There's been times in my life when I've been touched by all of these things. My reaction's been pretty much the same. Pretty much like Thomas' reaction to hide away, stay away from church, just pull yourself back. Stay away from the presence of Of God's people, be on your own. That's what Thomas did, and that was a big, big, big mistake because Jesus came to visit and Thomas missed the blessing. It's going to be the same for us. We're not going to go to church if we're not going to meet with God's people week after week. If we're not here when the Lord moves, we're going to miss the blessing. Thomas removed himself from his brothers and sisters by choice and he missed out on four very specific things. Again, we didn't read it, but if you were just to look back at the verse 19, Thomas missed the blessing of peace. That's what Jesus said to them, peace be with you. In verse 20, Thomas misses the joy. It tells us that they were overjoyed when they seen Jesus... Thomas misses Jesus' direction. I am sending you. Verse 22, Jesus blesses them with the Holy Spirit. wonder are you missing those things today? The peace, the joy, the direction, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Thomas missed it all because he wasn't there. Jesus is alive today. Don't stop believing that. Don't be sidetracked by your problems today, by what you see to be real. Jesus is alive. Don't be elsewhere when Jesus visits. second thing I want to look at is found in 26 and 28. Jesus met Thomas in his own belief. He met him in his own belief. Tell me this. Do you ever sit in church and you're listening to what's being said? And you're wondering, how? how does he know that? That's exactly what I'm going through. Did someone tell him? And the hair stand on the back of your neck. Did that ever happen to you? You never told anyone that God's word hits you right here. And you leave and you say the things that were said today were aimed right at me. And we leave feeling encouraged. We can leave feeling challenged. We can perhaps leave feeling guilty. we see here as Jesus deals with Thomas. That that's exactly what Jesus does. That's how he deals with you and me too. He deals with individuals. Look at verse 26. And this is a week later. Through locked doors, Jesus appears to the disciples and he deals directly with Thomas. Jesus does that with his children. He does that with us too. He addresses, he he challenges us, he meets us right in the place where we need to be addressed, where we need to be challenged and we need to be met. I pray that you have this experience that you've had this experience, that you will have it today, perhaps, and maybe you need that direct approach from the Lord today. Maybe, like Thomas, you've let those external circumstances that only you know about those difficult times distance you from the Lord today. And you're here. You're here in body today. But in effect, you're living a life of unbelief. God's distance. Jesus is distant. You can't feel him. You can't see him. Maybe that's went to extremes and you're like Thomas. You you don't believe that Jesus is really alive today. Perhaps you've been like Thomas and you've moved from a time in your life where you believed to a time of unbelief. You believed once, but not now. But think about these verses. Think about this. Jesus sought out Thomas. That's what Jesus does. He deals with individuals. Jesus lived a perfect life for Thomas. He died on the cross for Thomas. He rose again for Thomas. And then, individually, he seeks Thomas out when he was lost. That's what Jesus does. Luke 15, we can read that Jesus searches for his lost sheep until he finds them. John ten twenty eight, I give them eternal life. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. We see here that no one was going to snatch Thomas out of Jesus' hand. And if we look at verse 27, we see the remedy to Thomas' problem. Verse 27 Then he said to Thomas Put your finger here see my hands reach out your hand and put it into my side stop doubting and believe. Stop doubting and believe. Simple, really. So what we're talking about today belief Talking about belief, I'd love to give you a clever argument this morning. I would love to be able to do that, but I'm not able uh, to do that. I'd love to be able to give you a clever argument that will convince you that I could turn your mind and your thoughts towards Jesus. I don't have that ability. If I could, I would. If I thought that I could help you to become a Christian. But what does Jesus say here? He says, "Belief, belief." And Thomas responds in verse 28, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. I can't convince you to believe today. But the Holy Spirit can. And Jesus seeks out individuals. Jesus won't lose the people that he died for. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus' message to Thomas is exactly the same to you today. Stop doubting and believe. I'm alive, so move on. Put the old life behind you. Start again. I love you, I have died for you, and I have saved you. Stop doubting and believe. I wonder, have you slipped into unbelief today? You look back to a time w- when you were strong. You were bold in your faith. You were sure about the future. But something changed. Something on the outside changed. And like Thomas, you moved from a place of belief to a place of unbelief. Last thing I want to look at today is found in verses 29 to 31. Believing is seeing. Let's focus on these last two verses. Verse 30 and 31. Seeing is believing. That's how it works for us at one level. Not right? Seeing is believing. We'll have to see it to believe it. Or it doesn't exist. Did you know that the worst storm in Ireland visited just a couple of years ago in 2017? Do you remember it? Storm Ophelia. Did you see it? No, you didn't see it. Because you can't see the wind. Nor did we see Storm Ophelia. But I tell you what we did see and feel. We felt the power of Storm Ophelia. So much so it blew the sign right off our wall and into the middle of the Shankill Road. You don't have to see something to believe it. Just because we say that it's not true doesn't mean that it's not there. Jesus says in verse 29, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I look forward to heaven. I look forward to the people that I'll be able to speak to when I get uh, to heaven. And I often wonder who I would like to speak to. And just as I read this, I thought, I would like to speak to John, the disciple. I'd like to to speak to John who who wrote this book. I've always been drawn uh, to, to John's gospel. In particular, it's very different to the other gospels. And John talks about belief a lot. John is like an old friend when I thought about this, who I have known since childhood. John's the disciple who explained the gospel, simply, um, to me and to many, because we all know John three verse sixteen, and here in verse thirty-one, if you just have a look, if your Bible's still open, John takes takes pause, and he takes a moment just to step aside from the facts of the story, and he just takes time to explain why he's taken the effort to tell the story in the first place. John's reason is that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And if you believe this, you will have life in his name. Jesus deals with individuals. Did you ever wonder why when the gospel is preached, whether it's here or somewhere else, that somebody on this side of the room accepts the message and 20 people on this side don't? Some people accept it and some people reject it because Jesus deals with individuals. We all know someone, and maybe you were that person who was dead set against Christianity. (laughs) Then something happens and they come to faith in Jesus. You know that person. They loved to party. They always said that religion wasn't for me. And like Thomas, they said "I, I don't believe. I will not believe. But then they come to faith in Jesus and it doesn't make sense. See, belief in Jesus is hard to explain on human terms. But the good news, certainly for me, is that I don't need to explain it on human terms this morning. I don't have to give you a clever argument this morning. And for 2,000 years since the resurrection of Jesus, the church has grown. For 2,000 years, people who have never seen Jesus believe. And then we remember what Jesus said. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In verse 31, John reminds us that those who repent and believe that Jesus is alive, will live. We will live. We've got to understand that, that we were sinners from birth. Born, dead. Death, inherited. Passed down since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says that we were dead in our trespasses and sin. From birth, no spiritual life in us. None. Dead. The Bible also tells us that God is angry at your sin. He's angry at my sin. God says in the Bible that sin has to be punished. And for those who who won't accept this truth that we are dead and that we are sinners for those who reject Jesus, who reject Jesus, who is the only way to life. For those who don't believe, there's a warning Matthew 25 40, 46. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Don't ignore the warning. Don't fool yourself. There can be no sin in heaven. And sin must be and sin will be punished. But Jesus, he brings life. He brings eternal life to individuals. Eternal life to the people who he died for. For those who will believe. Jesus is alive today. His tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. We've been thinking about belief this morning. The question that I want to leave you with this morning then is this. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Jesus says, stop doubting. Stop doubting and believe John says, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. By believing you may have life in his name. Jesus says, stop doubting and believe. Thank you for listening. I'm just going to hand back to Pamela.